Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome to this episode. I am so excited today to have Karen Covey on. And I'm going to get to know Karen a little bit more in this episode. But what I really love is Karen has a lot of similarities to me, and we were talking about entrepreneur stuff before we got on, which is really fun. It's good to find people who are doing the things that you're doing, but listeners, you're in for a treat. Karen, okay, I love this, Karen. I looked at your website, and it said that you're a recovering divorce attorney. I am also a recovering attorney. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's something we have in common. And it looks like you took that venture from the divorce attorney to the mediator to now the divorce coach. And I've talked so often on this platform about how important divorce coaches are. They save you time and money. The first thing you need if you are thinking about divorce is to have someone there for you, supporting you, telling you what you need to know, because a lot of people start the process and they're a deer in headlights. So we're going to delve in. And today we're going to talk a lot about kind of the before that, about how do you know it's time to divorce? But before we get there, I'm really excited to hear Karen's story about what led her down this path to do the work that she's doing. So welcome, Karen. Thank you. Oh, it is my pleasure. I am so happy to be here and to meet you and just to talk. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, so what led you to be, do you have a background where you went through a divorce or was it just helping all kinds of other people divorce that led you to be a coach? I am probably one of the most happily married divorce professionals that I know. <laughs> I got to stop you. I love that about you too. I've been married for 32 years. Woohoo! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And for a while, I have to tell you, it felt strange. It's like, why are you in the divorce field? Why are you a divorce lawyer and mediator and arbitrator yep. and all the things, right? Why are you doing that if you're not divorced yourself? And I finally wrapped my head around the idea that if something, God forbid, if you're sick and you're worried that you have cancer, you're going to go to the best oncologist you can find. You're not going to ask your oncologist, did you ever have cancer? Oh, no, right. I, I'm not going to go to you. I'll go to someone else. Yeah. So it's about how the passion that I have for people, just yes. normal human people, human beings who have got a legal problem. And it, it this all started years ago got out of law school. Only reason I could figure to be a lawyer was to be a trial lawyer, because why else would you, why would you want to be a lawyer? So I went to law school, got out, went to a big firm, tried cases, jury trials, 12 in a box and let's rock and roll. And then I went to the government, ran a, a bureau for the government for a while. And then I decided, okay, it's time to hang up my own shingle. 
did that. And I said, I will take any kind of case there is except divorce. <laughs> exactly. And the universe was laughing at me because client after client kept coming in and saying, Hey, Karen, can you help me with the divorce? Karen, I've got this divorce. Karen. And finally I was like, okay, I got it. I'll do divorce. And I never looked back, but because mm -hmm. I had a decade of experience before I started taking divorce cases, when I got to divorce court, I went, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It didn't make sense to me how, yeah, if you're talking about a giant product liability case where some corporation manufactured a drug that kills babies or something, yeah, then when you've got them on trial, you want to just really dig in and get to the dirty stuff. But when it's your spouse and you've got to go sit next to them at your kid's soccer game tonight, why would you do that? Right. Like, in what universe does that make sense? And so I said, okay, pretty much from the get-go, I was looking for that better way. And that's why I became the mediator thinking, okay, this is going to be, and I became a mediator when mediators were not as well-known or it wasn't much as much of a thing as it is today. Today, everybody talks about mediation. Years ago, people did not. So I was right. doing the mediation. I was doing collaborative divorce. I tried being an arbitrator. Like I did all the things looking for that better way. And finally, I realized that as one person, I was never going to change the divorce system ever in a million years. But if I changed the people going into the system, those people had a better shot. And so that's mm -hmm. what I started to do as a coach and started to educate people about this is how you think divorce is going to work. This is how it really works. Now let's get you ready to do that so you can do it better so that you can move through this process with less expense, less collateral damage, and a whole lot less pain. I love that you're saying this and it is my passion doing divorce different. Let's do this a better way. And I too never anticipated that I would be doing divorces. I loved mediating. I could mediate anything at all. And the people that kept coming to me were the ones going through a divorce. And I love how you said that preparing people one person at a time. And I think as we do our pod, Karen, you have a podcast. I have this podcast. If we can let people know that you can do this a better way, even if you don't really like each other very much, there's hope that you can do this a better way. But I love what you said. And I'm going to hold on to that for myself, that one couple at a time, I'm going to show them how we can do this a better way. So I just have to applaud that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. It's like the starfish story. I don't know if you know it. I don't know the starfish story. The starfish story. So there was a little boy and he was on a beach and the beach was covered with starfish, right? And the tide had gone out and all these starfish were on the beach and they were dying because they weren't in the ocean anymore, right? They were going to die. And so the little boy was picking up the starfish and throwing them back into the ocean and then they would swim away. And there was another guy watching and he's a little boy. There's a thousand starfish on, the, on this beach, you can't possibly save all these starfish. What you're doing doesn't matter. The little boy picked up a starfish and he threw it in the ocean. He said, matters to that one. And a good story. I'm writing it down. Amen. It does. And I'm sorry. My hope is that people will share their stories on how they're doing it a better way. So 
I love you. I love the work you're doing. And I have to say, too, you're an author. And so when happily ever after ends. Yep, exactly. So the story behind that is that back when I originally published, it's now in its second edition. But when I published the first book, I don't know, my way of dealing with problems, and this was long before Google was Google. If I have a problem, I'm going to go to find a book on it. I'm going to go to the bookstore, go to the library, find a book on it. So I decided, okay, if I was a client, what book could I send my clients to? So I went to the bookstore, I went to the library, and you had, there were basically two kinds of books. One was the memoir of, let me tell you all the horrible stories about what happened in my divorce. And one was the shark tactics of how you could really destroy your spouse in a divorce. There was nothing else except Divorce for Dummies, which was actually the best book on the market at the time. Really, That's scary to say, but that was it. There was a lot of nothing when it came to self-help for divorce. And I thought, how are people supposed to figure this out? And so that led me to write the book. And like I said, it's now in its second edition, revised it, did the whole thing. But there have to be resources for people that they can go to so that they can do this, to your point, differently. So they Mm -hmm. can do it their way, so they can do it better and without all the damage that divorce can cause. So that was the impetus for writing the book. I love that. I love that. Okay. So now we've gotten on our soapbox about how people can divorce a better way. So I love that. But I promised at the beginning that we were going to talk a little bit about how do you know it's time to divorce? So Karen, if you can give us insight, I'm going to take notes and become better at what I do because of this. I hope you can. I I hope this helps. But Basically, getting divorced is a huge decision. And the challenge for most people is that they get stuck on the fence for a very long time, especially when they've got a long-term marriage. So step number one is realizing that if you're unhappy in your marriage, if you wake up in the morning thinking about divorce, if you find yourself looking at other people going, huh, I wonder what it'd be like to date that person. Happily married people do not do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a sign that there's a problem. And if you stay in that problem headspace and you don't actually work at coming to a solution, you can get stuck there for weeks, months. Most people are stuck there for years. Mm -hmm. I once worked with a client that I sat her down. I said, so how long have you been married? And she said, 30, 30 years. And I said, and how long have you been unhappily married? And she said, 28. And I said, you want to figure it out now? (laughs) Because now is as good a time as any. And what people need to realize is that not making a decision is a decision. And when you're stuck on the fence, you're not 100% committed to your marriage because if you were, you're not looking for help about deciding to divorce. And you're not 100% committed to starting a new life and a divorce because you're still married. So you're not living your life. You're Mm -hmm. not achieving your dreams. You don't even know what your dreams are half the time. So it's about figuring out what do you want to do with your life? And for most people that starts with, can my marriage work? Most people aren't going to walk away from a marriage unless it's not working, right? I know that the politicians spout on about how divorce is too easy. I don't know anyone 
that thinks divorce is easy, who has been through it. Not one person. And it starts with the decision-making process. So how do you know if your marriage has got a problem? If you and your spouse don't talk, if you haven't talked forever, that's not a good sign. And when I say talk, I mean, talk about anything serious, right? You talk about the kids, about scheduling, about those kinds of things. All right. That's not really a, a deep conversation. So are you talking to your spouse? Do you like your spouse or do you have contempt for your spouse? The Gottmans, John and Julie Gottman are therapists and they've done a lot of work with married couples. Their claim to fame is that they can spend five minutes watching a couple interact and tell you whether they're going to get divorced or not. And one of the signs that they look for is contempt is something more than just you're mad at somebody. Contempt is the disgust. It's the eye rolling. It's the, you really, you don't have much respect for the other person. If your marriage has gotten to that point and your interactions with your spouse have gotten to that point, you're in trouble. Thank you for sharing that because that was going to be my question. What did they see in these people? And I think what's coming to my head as you're talking about this is if I were a person, if I were listening to this and I was a woman and I was waking up thinking about divorce, thinking about dating someone else, I think that where I would want to start is by working on myself, just like you were saying. What do I want? Even like just doing that, taking it outside of the marriage seems like a really good first step. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with you 100%. And the challenge is that most people want to change the other person. If he would only stop doing this, if she would only not do that anymore or do that or what have you, and they want to change their spouse. And the challenge is you, it doesn't work. You will never, ever be able to change anybody except yourself. So what the best place to start is with you. What can you do to be a better spouse, to show up differently, to decide what it is that you want, right? Because when you're in that on the fence headspace, you're acting and reacting differently, right? You're not being all in and loving and excited about your relationship because you're not. So if that's the problem, that's where you start to work on things to make the marriage better. I always tell people, if you can change yourself and how you're showing up in the marriage, then that's going to change the marriage. You don't have to change that other person. When you show up differently, they're going to be thrown off their normal pattern of behavior. They're going to have to react and respond differently. And you're going to see that. And you're either going to say, oh, this is cool. This is working. This is better. And you're going to keep riding that horse, so to speak. Or you're going to say, Ooh, this is, do I really want this? Look what's showing up. I'm happy with how I'm growing and developing and what I'm learning. They're not, maybe this isn't the relationship for me. Yeah. I love that you just said that. And it's funny, like, I know all of this stuff, but it just is really making sense in my head right now. As I'm listening to you truly, work on yourself. And like you said, a lot of times when one person starts acting differently, sometimes the other person jumps on board. 
And then your marriage, like you said, your marriage can get better. And I think that's a healthier place to make that decision. First, work on you. And then you're going to be, and so it's going to take a little time. You're not going to be able to jump right out of it, but work on yourself and then see what that marriage looks like after you do that. And quite frankly, you're going to know. And Karen, you just, I think you said why I have such a long-term marriage because I don't, blessed, I'm blessed in this fact, but I've worked on myself because I haven't been happy about everything that's gone on in my marriage. And then my husband has responded and expanded and met me. And if he wouldn't have, I would have had to make a very different choice. But it's like I just had this aha moment sitting here talking to you about it doesn't have to be that grueling to, and it's, I know it's a huge decision. Mm-hmm. Work on yourself. And here's the deal. Even if you don't want to get divorced and you realize you have to, you've worked on yourself so that you're not going to get divorced again. You are setting yourself up to use it as an opportunity to be in relationship with someone new or better. And we know divorces happen even more in second marriages. I don't want anyone going through that. So I just, it is a no brainer to work on yourself is what I'm coming to conclude here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like with respect to the second marriage thing, what happens is people get divorced. They think their spouse was the problem. They don't do the work on themselves. And the one person that they bring into the second marriage who's the same is them. And so they choose the same kind of person. They engage in the same behaviors and they end up with the same result. And sometimes it takes doing that for the person to look and go, okay, what was the common denominator here? Oh, it was me. And then they start doing the work. You will save yourself a tremendous amount of pain if you just do the work on the front end. And there's no downside to it. Doing the work on yourself is always going to be beneficial. Whether your marriage ends up working out or doesn't, you're not going to be in a worse position because you grew and you learned and you developed. Never. Yep. I love that. Okay. So then my next thought is, so you get there, you make the decision. This is how I am. I'll make a big decision and I'll feel really good about it. And then all of a sudden I wake up the next morning, maybe I didn't sleep really well. And I'm like, those mind monkeys, saboteurs, whatever you want to call them are in my head going, wait a minute, you shouldn't do that because this and this. I want a little help for you. What I've found that I do is sometimes when I make that decision, I'm really intentional about it. And I'll write down my reasons why, because sometimes I have to go back and look. <laughs> Can you address that at all? Yeah, that's a brilliant strategy and a nice tool that you use to write down your reason why, because it makes you look for that reason. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't necessarily have the reason why, or they can't be honest with themselves. So they write down the reason why and they're like, that seems pretty shallow. And so by just writing it down, you force yourself to think about it and to realize, is that the real reason? And for most people, it takes a couple of levels of question to get down to, is that really true? Is that the real reason? Is there, are there any other reasons? What else is there? Why? And you start to drill down and eventually you get to the truth of the matter. And then that tells you what your real reason is for wanting a divorce or not. 
But I believe fundamentally you've got it. Good decisions come from a combination of head, heart, and gut. And mm-hmm. until you can get those three lined up, you aren't going to make a decision that you're comfortable with. And that's the, you can make a decision, but if you're not comfortable with it, you're not going to take action. If you don't take action on your decision, that in what, four bucks right. now, buy you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. You're right. still stuck. So to get unstuck, You've got to really do the digging and you get to the point over time that this is what I do with my clients as a coach is help them to do this digging because it's hard to do yourself. Do the digging, uncover what's really going on, and then get to the point where not only do you intellectually know that even though if you're choosing to divorce, that's going to be hard. If you're choosing to stay in a marriage that's troubled and struggling, That's going to be hard to make it work. No matter what you do, whatever you choose is going to be hard. It's choosing your hard intellectually and then connecting to your heart, your soul, your gut, however you want to call it, to say, how does this feel? Is this the right decision for me? And ultimately where you want to get, where I get help my clients get is the sense to the sense of peace where you just know, like you understand intellectually what the ramifications of the decision are, but on a soul level, you're just like, yeah, this is going to suck, but I know it's right. Or this is going to be hard, but I know it's right. Whichever way you go, but you just have that. It's not just a decision. It rises to the level of a knowing. And when you get to that point and you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning, the monkeys are locked back in the zoo and they're not bothering you anymore. Okay, so this is helpful for any decision, making it a knowing. Okay, and so you talk about that connection, head, heart, gut, is the only way to get to that spot to just keep asking why until... it's. There's a lot of things that are involved in that. Asking why is a part of it, but it's not the... Necessarily, it won't get you all of the way across the finish line, but it's about paying attention to what's really going on, Um, paying attention to how you feel. Oh, I just had an interaction with my spouse. Now I don't feel, now I'm upset or now I want to. And a lot of people were so disconnected from ourselves that we don't even know, like I'm upset. It's just, wait, where was that box of chocolate? Where's that glass of wine? If that's how you feel, that's a sign for you to pay attention that something isn't sitting well with you. Something is hitting you wrong about whatever the interaction was. Okay, now you can look at that interaction and say, what was it that really upset me? What was it that got me? What was it that... So part of it is awareness, paying attention. Part of it is actually having the honest conversations. And the one person that we usually don't have, or that we have the hardest time having an honest conversation with, A, it's your spouse, but fundamentally it's yourself because you don't want to admit, yikes, this is really what I'm thinking. This is really what I want to do. This It's not what I should want. And for a lot of people, getting over those shoulds um, is really difficult. Because it's, 
what they've been conditioned by society, by their religion, by their parents, by their friends, by their community. It's all the shoulds. And when you live a life of should, that's when you get to your deathbed and you're like, I did not live the life I wanted. And that's not the place you want to be. Totally agree with you there. And that is really helpful. Get over those shoulds. And sometimes I use that practice of going to the end of your life and looking back and saying, how would I feel about this decision that I made if I was just about to die or on my deathbed? That is a way. So there is a lot to dig into, but it's the awareness. And I love how you talked about honest conversations because isn't it interesting? how we're not always honest. I know. And it's hard to admit again, because it's the whole should thing. It's I am not supposed to want this, but I feel like I want this. So yeah, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And a lot of people get stuck in that values conflict. And when they're there, that's when it's hard to say to yourself, to be honest with yourself and say, yeah, I want this. And if somebody else thinks that it, that I'm being selfish, Okay, so I'm selfish. Yep. Okay, I can't believe how fast this has gone. We are like already needing to rein it in here in the barn. And so as Karen, I always ask for just one little piece of advice. You've given us so much great information, but what's something that the viewers and the listeners can do right now to help them have a better life? It's such a good question. I think in the ter- in terms of a relationship, there's so many, I, I want to give like 10 pieces of advice here. But the one that I would say is to, if you are thinking about making a change in your relationship, before you do anything, be prepared. Understand what your options are because divorce is not something that once you say it, it can't be unsaid. It can't be unheard, right? So you can't just say to your spouse, I want a divorce. And then the next day, wake up and go, oops, kidding. That doesn't go over well. Or you become the boy who cried wolf, right? Always threatening divorce and never going through with it, which is also not a good thing. So before you make that decision or any other major life decision, be prepared, do your homework, understand what all the consequences of each various decision would be. And then you're going to be in a position to make a decision that you really feel good about. So good. Okay. So Karen, if people want to get in touch with you, I'll have all your information in the show notes, but how can they find you? The best way to find me is on my website. It's karencovey.com, K-A-R-E-N-C-O-V-Y.com. There is no E in my version of Covey. Otherwise I would be related to somebody really important, which would be wonderful, but it's not true. Wonderful listeners, go find Karen, get some coaching. It will be amazing. Karen, I am so grateful that you spent time with us today teaching us. It was very helpful to me personally, and I know to the audience out there. So thank you so much. Lisa, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, my pleasure. Take good care. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.